Welcome back to the MTN Giants podcast playoff preview. Wild card game, first playoff game for the Giants I'll ever be previewing, so that's awesome. Of course, the Giants will be at Minnesota on Sunday. I think it's 425 start time, so we're just under 48 hours away from that game as I sit here at 510 on this uh, Friday. The Giants right now, they're still three-point underdogs, which will tell you that if they were on a neutral site, it would be a pick So the Giants are pretty much in a position where... They could and I think maybe should win this game. Of course, they played this same Vikings team in the same location back in week number 16. The Giants lost on a game-winning 61-yard field goal by Greg Joseph, a game where the Giants had a couple turnovers and had some brain farts on defense, and they probably could have and should have won the game. So... That gives us confidence going into this game. We feel that the Giants are getting better and better each week. Since that time, it's been the Colts game. It's been the game where they only lost by six to the Eagles starters with their second and third string guys in. So the Giants have positive vibes right now. Now, the concerning part, and maybe it's not concerning based on the type of person you are, but it seems like every single person that I've talked to about this game is picking the Giants to win. You don't always want to be in that situation. I mean, if you're like 17-point underdogs that are 17-point favorites, then yeah, I think most people are going to pick you. But in situations like this where the spread is close and the Vikings are technically favored, to have every person pick the underdog, maybe it's because I'm in the Giants community and I mostly only talk to Giants fans. I don't I actually work with a Minnesota Vikings fan, but outside of him, I don't know any Vikings fans. And even that guy's not too confident about his Minnesota Vikings. But it seems like everyone's picking the Giants. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's not. Maybe it means nothing. I don't know. But we'll see what happens here. It should be a fun one. The Giants, of course, they have the better defense. The Vikings have the better offense. I don't think anybody can really deny that or debate it. And the saying is, defense wins championships. And how do you get to a championship? By winning in the playoffs. So the Giants have to get there. Um, I think mostly relying on their defense. But... I think in a matchup like this, where Minnesota's defense is not that good, and we saw Daniel Jones last time against them have 334 yards and a touchdown, he played really well. And they opened up the um, you know deep passing more, and they just put the ball in Daniel Jones' hands more and said, go get him. And of course, Saquon Barkley had six yards of carry, had the big run on fourth down to go down by two, and eventually led to the two-point conversion. So the Giants, in my opinion, can score on the Minnesota Vikings. I said this a couple weeks ago. I still believe that today. They scored 24 against them last time and that was with the mistakes Bellinger fumble in the red zone I think the Jones interception was probably around the Vikings 40 yard line so that's possibly six points right there off the board maybe more if you find a way to score a touchdown so I do think the Giants if they play a clean game of football can win this game for sure so we're going to preview it talk about the matchups the injury report which is actually very positive for the Giants and not so positive for Minnesota I hope you guys enjoyed the video leave a like and let's get into it all right so I want to start with the injuries because once again it is positive for the Giants which uh, we don't see very often so it's great to see John Feliciano Adoree Jackson who we have not seen since week 11 I believe Aziz Ojolari, who missed the last game or two, Jason Pinnock, Leonard Williams, Xavier McKinney, Marcus Johnson, Evan Neal, all full participants on Friday. The Giants injury report is empty. Now, of course, there are guys out for the year, Aaron Robinson, Sterling Shepard, Wandale Robinson, and probably some other guys I'm forgetting, but for guys on the active roster, everyone's playing. So I think the Giants are in a great spot, getting healthy at the right time. Now you go over to Minnesota, cornerback Cameron Dantzler. 
He is questionable with an ankle and personal matter, so hope he's all right. Harrison Smith, questionable with a knee injury. I would think he plays. He had a limited practice every day this week. And some running back I never heard of, probably a special teams guy. He's questionable with an illness. I would assume with an illness in the playoff game, you're probably going to play unless it's that bad. Now with Minnesota, it seemed like their center, Garrett Bradbury, was going to be out for this game. But now looking at it, he has no injury designation. So for the Vikings, they get their center back. And I believe in the last matchup versus the Giants, Bradbury um, was not there. Yeah, Bradbury missed the last five games for Minnesota. So he's been out for a bit here. But there's also a new injury here, so the Vikings are without their right tackle, Brian O'Neill, who's actually pretty good. Um, he has a partially torn Achilles, so he's on the season-ending IR. They will be without their right tackle for this game. So definitely an opportunity there for, I think that will mostly be uh, Aziz Ojalara to take advantage of the backup right tackle. We might see Kayvon over there as well, so... That will definitely help the Giants. But yeah, the injury report, it's it's pretty empty for the most part for both teams. Of course, Harrison Smith's pretty important to Minnesota. He's like their defensive leader. And with the Vikings in general, I mean, look, they also have a first-year head coach, Kevin O'Connell, who's done a really good job, like Brian Dable. I still think Brian Dable's coach of the year. I've said it plenty of times. I still believe that. But the Vikings did have a 13-4 and regular season but a lot of one score games went Minnesota's way like some of these wins they had were pretty wild a four-point win against the Lions a three-point win at the Saints they had that amazing overtime win at the Bills where they had to convert the fourth and 17 and Justin Jefferson made the one-handed catch so you can kind of poke holes in some of these victories and of course the 61 yarder versus the Giants now of course the Giants they had some close wins themselves I'd be lying if I said otherwise but still I mean these teams have done a good job in the fourth quarters this year and coming up clutch in these you know last minute situations and this could be a game that comes down to the wire there's no doubt about that of course Kirk Cousins has the uh label as a choker and a guy who doesn't play well in prime time for obvious reasons and his playoff records one and two he had that very surprising win in overtime at new orleans i think that was the 2020 playoffs or maybe 2019 one of those years so that was cool to see but outside of that kirk cousins has two playoff losses and one playoff win and i believe the two minnesota i believe the two losses that kirk cousins had in the playoffs they got blown out like one of them was maybe 2015 or 2016 versus the packers it was at washington they got dismantled and the other one against the Niners which was the game after the Saints win they went to San Francisco and put up no fight whatsoever I guess technically Cousins is 1-0 in games that are close but I'm sure Cousins was part of the problem when they lost by 40 points in the other playoff games and I don't know if it was actually 40 it just felt like it's so I don't want people to be like oh they only lost by 27 or something I don't know I'm just making that up so looking at some of the matchups of course you know we're going to start with Minnesota's offense I think that's a big part here for this game the Giants defense will have to do a better job. Kirk Cousins had 299 passing yards and three touchdowns, no turnovers last time, 34 for 48. So he kind of carved up the Giants in a way. Dalvin Cook wasn't amazing. He had an average game, 14 carries for 64 yards. I think you'll take that. But of course, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson were pretty much the only guys that did anything in the receiving department for the Vikings. So they were the top two receivers and the third receiver only had 17 yards. That was KJ Osborne. Adam Thielen had a one catch for six yards. Jefferson had 12 catches for 133 yards and one touchdown. But with a Dory Jackson back, and probably some double teaming going his way, you would hope they can kind of keep Jefferson more in check. TJ Hawkinson, the tight end who was acquired before the trade deadline, 13 catches, 109 yards and two touchdowns, 
One of those touchdowns were wide open. I think Micah McFadden blew that coverage. And the other one was very tightly covered. I forget who was on defense, but a very tightly covered play. And Hawkinson made a spectacular catch. And I do think the key for the Giants, it's pretty obvious, is to stop the run. I mean, if, it, if they can stop Dalvin Cook and put them into predictable passing situations and just let Don Martindale cook and do his thing. I don't mean any pun, by the way, with the cook thing. I know they have a cook as a running back. I didn't mean that, but still, they can let Don Martindale do his thing on defense if you get them into third and longs. And Kirk Cousins is not the most mobile quarterback. There are times where in this offense, they try to extend plays, and Kirk Cousins will stay in the pocket longer than maybe he probably should. And there will be opportunities for sacks and possible, you know, possibly getting a, a strip sack. And I believe Ojalari, before he left that game with the injury last time on Christmas Eve, he had a play where he got to Cousins, basically swiped at the ball, and Cousins lost the ball somehow for a second and just got it back like before it hit the ground. So it was a great play by Cousins to hang on to that thing. But we did see an opportunity there where Cousins almost fumbled that ball away. So the Giants will have chances, in my opinion, to get to the backfield. Maybe the Vikings put an emphasis on passing the ball quickly in this game, but that would go against what they're doing for most of the regular season. So I don't know if they want to go away from that. As I said, you get Dory Jackson back. You're going to have Fabian Moreau. You're going to have Nick McLeod. Cordell Flott has been a pretty nice surprise lately, I feel like. Of course, Darnay Holmes might be out there. We'll see how much uh, run he gets. At the linebacker spot, it's interesting. So you're going to have Gerard Davis, you know, at linebacker who was newly acquired off the uh, Lions practice squad. He played last week and was pretty impressive. He's a powerful dude. He'll make some really nice tackles. He'll blow up some run plays. So, you know, he's not going to do much in coverage. Obviously, that's kind of a knock on him. But Jalen Smith, Mike and McFadden, they do concern me. I have to be honest. And, you know, Landon Collins, he might get in there at linebacker sometimes as well. Um, Xavier McKinney, his second game back, I believe it is now, or is it third? I think it's third game back. Yeah, so McKinney um, probably didn't play last week, actually. So, no, it's technically his second game back, but he did play in that Colts win. So, McKinney's there and healthy. You have Julian Love, and we'll see what they do to guard these Vikings receivers. Now, my guess, as I said before, is that they either put a Dory on Thielen and double team Jefferson pretty much the entire game, or they put Jackson on Jefferson and just have some safety help over the top. Like maybe I, it's a first game back for Dory Jackson in like two months. So it's a tough assignment to ask him to guard Justin Jefferson one-on-one with a safety over the top, but still um, a guy who just broke the single season yards record receiving wise for the Vikings franchise. So that is going to be tough to do. So in my opinion, they might put their secondary corner, which would be Fabian Moreau and safety help over the top, which might be I would assume Julian Love or McKinney, one of those guys, are going to shadow towards Justin Jefferson and try to take away big plays from him and make him catch underneath routes and tackle him once he gets the ball, obviously. So that would be my guess for what they do. And you put Adoree Jackson on Thielen. But then again, Thielen did nothing last time against the Giants. So... I don't know how they want to go about this. It's going to be interesting. But another guy to be concerned about is TJ Hawkinson. Who guards him? You know, it's going to be, of course, some Julian Love and some McKinney, maybe some linebackers, which is not what I want to see. The Giants don't have a great coverage linebacker. That's one of the biggest needs in the offseason. So if you're Minnesota, 
you look at that matchup and say, yeah, let's go after TJ Hawkinson all game because they have nobody that can guard that guy. So we'll see how involved Hawkinson is again. But, you know, once again, one of those catches he had last time, it was a amazing catch. The other one was a blown coverage. So maybe if the Giants actually do what they're supposed to on defense and he doesn't make that great grab, um, we're not looking at TJ Hawkinson as the same threat that he was on Christmas Eve. But the Giants front four, it's a massive opportunity for them. They get to play the backup right tackle. Minnesota does not have a great right guard. Now, from left tackle to center, they are pretty good. They have, of course, Christian Darisaw in his second or third year now. He's really coming into his own. Ezra Cleveland at left guard is pretty good. And then you have uh, Bradbury back at center, who, of course, he's a really good center. So it is his first game back. So maybe there was some rust there for Garrett Bradbury. But guys like Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams going against that right guard and guys like Kayvon and Ojolari going against that right tackle who's a replacement, that's going to be big. And if they can get pressure in this game, then I do think that'll make Kirk Cousins' day much tougher. We know that when you hit Kirk Cousins, he's not the same quarterback. And let's say this time when Ojalari gets there or Kayvon gets there and they swipe down at the ball, maybe this time Cousins does not hang on to it and the ball's on the ground and the Giants would have to recover it. So, you know, I want consistent pressure. I think they can get it because I do think this Giants defensive line is really playing well now. So hopefully they can get some pressure on Kirk Cousins in this game. Of course, Minnesota, they're going to score. You're not going to hold them to three or seven or 10 the entire game. I doubt it, but they're going to score points. They'll probably put up somewhere around like the low 20s like last time or maybe mid 20s. So the Giants offense will have to respond, but just you can't let them put up a you know over 30 on you you can't have that so the Giants have to do enough on defense this is their healthiest defense the entire year basically um of course guys like Ojalari and guys like Adore Jackson even McKinney they have been in and out of the lineup the entire year so to have them all back and healthy that is great news for the Giants now looking at the other side of it the Giants offense versus the Vikings defense the Vikings defense does not have much going for them. They have Zadarius Smith. They have Patrick Peterson. They have Daniel Hunter. They have Jordan Hicks, Eric Hendricks, and of course they have Harrison Smith. But outside of that, and even those guys are not playing like at elite levels. I mean, like even Harrison Smith, he's fallen off from what he used to be. And, and Kendricks, same thing. Even Jordan Hicks. But the other guys like Patrick Peterson and Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter, they're still playing at a very high level. So I will say that. But you have some weaknesses on this Vikings defense. Their slot corner, Chandon Sullivan. Of course, we saw last time. I know that Isaiah Hodgins got all the attention because he had the big catch, but Richie James led the Giants in receiving last time they played the Vikings, and Chandon Sullivan, their slot corner, has not had that great of a year. So hopefully the Giants can take advantage of that matchup with Richie James and Shannon Sullivan once again. We'll see who Patrick Peterson goes against mostly. I'm interested to see if it's Hodgins or if it's Slayton. Um, whoever he doesn't guard, I expect that receiver to do much better because Peterson, you know, despite being, what, 32, almost 33 years old, he's still playing at a very high level. So I would try to avoid him when you can. And let's say that Peterson is on Slayton for most of the game. I would go to Hodgins more, you know, and vice versa. So hopefully they do that. Um, tight end, of course, Bellinger, he might have a nice game. He can definitely make some plays in this matchup. Eric Kendricks and Jordan Hicks have not had the best years in coverage, you know, so hopefully the Giants tight end position and Bellinger specifically can take advantage of that. The Giants offensive line, of course, is always a concern. Now, Evan Neal is back. You know, he had an injury throughout the week. Now he's back playing, you know, practicing in full, so he's good. 
But Evan Neal, who so far this year has a 44 PFF grade, which is not very good. He's ranked 80th out of 81 tackles. I talked about him. I'm not too concerned about the future for him. But, you know, for right now, at least this is a big matchup versus Daniil Hunter, one of the better edge rushers in football. So that's going to be tough. Then you have Zadarius Smith, who, you know, is a guy they might move inside to avoid Andrew Thomas. Like, if I'm Minnesota, the smart thing to do would just be to put Zadarius inside, put their worst pass rusher against Andrew Thomas, and then just let Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter just work on the right side and like do stunts and, and crazy stuff to throw off Glowinski and Neal, guys who have struggled this year, even Feliciano at center. So if I was Minnesota, I would do that, but we'll see how they go about it. Now, of course, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, what do they do in this game? Unless there is the jitters, because, you know, you could get that in your first playoff game. It's on the road. I'm sure Minnesota will be very loud. There will be some Giants fans there, but still Minnesota, it's going to be mostly uh, Vikings fans. Daniel Jones, I expect to have a good game once again. I'm not expecting 400 yards type good, but I think Jones can give us a 250, a touchdown or two, and hopefully no turnovers. And that should be enough to win, assuming that Saquon Barkley is running the ball well. Now, I do want to see Saquon get like at least 18 carries. I don't want to see him get 14 like last time. They got a bit pass happy last time. But when the Giants do pass the ball, I do want to see some deep shots. There will be opportunities. This secondary for Minnesota is not very good. So the Giants will have chances to make plays down the field in the passing game. And even if it is Isaiah Hodgins or Darius Slayton or, dare I say, Kenny Galladay, who may not play much, but still, if he gets out there, um, I want to see some chances so or some, uh, some deep shots. We saw last week he threw a 50-50 ball to Galladay against Darius Slay, who has been one of the better corners in football for the past, you know, five, six, seven years, and he came down with it. So give your guys a chance. So Barkley, though, he should have success. I think this is a Minnesota team who last time they played the Giants on Christmas Eve, they did not stack the bo- uh, they did not stack the box much. So they're going to have opportunities with Saquon unless they change something to, you know, really see what Barkley can do in the run game. I do want at least 18 carries once again. Now, the interesting part for Barkley is that last time he played Minnesota, and I know this because I faced him in the fantasy, it was a PPR league and he was kicking my ass on the receptions, but Saquon had like eight catches versus the the, uh, Vikings. And in that game, it was a lot of swing passes. And I wonder if Minnesota does something to take the Giants offense away from that. So if they are going to keep running Saquon's swing passes, do they have another defender sitting there in the flat waiting for Barkley to make those catches? So that's a thought because last time Saquon played Minnesota, I think he had his best receiving game of the year. And I was saying in my post-game reaction to that, it might have been his best receiving game since 2018. Like it's been a long time. Eli at quarterback gave him a lot of receptions. Barkley only had 40 nine yards in that game receiving wise but eight catches that's a lot so we'll see if the Giants keep running those swing passes for um, Saquon or if they want to change it up a bit and run some angle routes run some wheel routes or something new we'll find out what happens there but offensively you're gonna have to score I, I can't just say play conservative and play turnover free football and blah 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 you're gonna have to score you're not playing the Colts. You're not playing the Panthers. You're not playing the Bears. You have to score points. The Giants, of course, have to put up probably at least 20 in this game to win. I think my gut's been telling me it's a Giants win this entire week, and maybe I'm saying that because I'm a fan, but you know, I feel like it is a 50-50 game. It is. Like I definitely could see why the spread would indicate that it's like a pick em, basically, if you put it on neutral field, but I feel like the Giants can win this game. So I'll call it now. The Giants win this one 27-23. That's my prediction. And hopefully that happens. But um, 
yeah, man, that's pretty much it. But I'm excited to get back out there and get to witness a playoff game. It's been a long time, you know. I think it was, what, 2016 or maybe January 2017, a long time. There is an experience on this roster. Of course, you know, Brian Dable said it wasn't really a big deal to him, so hopefully he's right. But a lot of these Giants players are playing in their first playoff game because of how bad this team has been throughout the uh, you know last five years or so. But um, it's a good experience. Even if the Giants go out there and get blown out or something, it's a good experience to just get out there and play in playoff games for guys who are part of the future here, like, you know, whether Saquon and Jones are back or, you know, Dexter Lawrence or Leonard Williams who will be here next year. We'll see about Dory Jackson. Um, of course, the draft picks this year, Neil, you have Kayvon, Andrew Thomas, Bellinger, you know, like all the young guys that are going to be here for a bit. This is good playoff experience for them regardless. So, of course, you want to win this game. We were not supposed to make this make it this far, so let's go have some fun. Let's just try and put up at least 20 offensively or hopefully more and um, try to hold Minnesota's offense to somewhere in the low 20s or maybe high teens and get out of there with a win. And then, of course, worry about you know who we play next week if we get there. But that's going to do it. I hope you guys enjoyed, and hopefully when I talk to you guys on Sunday, it'll be a positive reaction and we can celebrate going to the divisional round. Let's hope that happens. I'll talk to you guys next time.